0: Going on everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Vile Files I am your host Nick and we have just a great episode for you today The one and only Dr. Amen is with us He is a leading psychiatrist and brain health expert We're talking about the brain today people And uh, you might have seen Dr. Amon on social media That's where I found him, real fascinating stuff that he, he puts out there You probably don't even think about this, but like understanding our brains and our brain health and the health of our brain then obviously can help our mental health. But you know, the brain being an actual organ that we need to be mindful of and how we go about doing that and what we do to our bodies, whether it's diet or the situations we play in and how it affects our relationships is something we talk a lot with Dr. Amen on this episode. And it's uh, really fascinating stuff. Um, and like I said, you know, something we, you know, I think often take advantage of, um, that our brain is just, you know, it's almost like, we're just like, Oh, it's there. We have a brain, you know, guess we can't do anything about it. You know, I was born with this brain and then and, and I'm going to die with this brain and <laughs> like, well really we, yeah. So we won't spoil too much of what we talk about with Dr. Amen, but, uh, we are, are glad to bring him to you in our audience. If you don't listen to the Ask Nick episodes, uh, Chrissy uh, is leaving the show. Um, She decided to be uh, a superhero park ranger, and she is starting her journey. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck you're
1: doing. uh, Bison population control. Yeah.
0: (laughs) she's Montana's really (laughs) in her blood, and... She's lost the passion for producing podcasts, and I'm sure when we gained a check,
1: passion for populating bison,
0: there'll be more antlers in her her living room. I'm sure. <laughs> as we, rack. as we, what? It's, a, it's rack? a rack. Oh, I'm sorry. See, well, we are sad to see you go, Chrissy, but uh, I'm sure the trees of Montana are happy to to have you
1: they enjoy my laugh the trees <laughs>
0: <laughs> people will miss your laugh maybe not howie mandel but you know Love howie. we love you chrissy how many more episodes are you with us here
1: only like three more
0: montana needs you
1: the bison the bison
2: need me
0: Allie, and amanda what are you guys up to loyal Loyal, loyal employees. Loyal employees. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I was gonna tell you. Um, and another exciting adventure, updates on what Allie's doing to her body. Um, there's been this one tooth in my mouth that's like a little jagged, had a little bit of a point, and it wasn't really matching the one on the other side. And I've asked my dad to fix it. He didn't want to. Is your dad a dentist? My dad was like a dental inventor, so he like invented a little sanding disc for teeth for this exact purpose. He refused to do it, which I was like interesting. I've asked dentists to do it; they're like, eh. so bit by bit, I've been using a nail file oh. and I've been oh my filing God. my little tooth down, and oh, it's yeah. looking a lot better. So that's what I've been doing. Has um, it ever? This is an. This is probably not the right question. Have, has it ever, like, nipped
0: the dick? What, her, like, long tooth that she feels it's the not, need to file down? It wasn't that down. bad. It wasn't yeah,
1: that she bad. she feels the need to file down. It's like, like a long that, pinky nail. Is that know? why you're
0: going to such extremes to, like, file down your tooth because you scratched some guy's dick?
1: Uh, <laughs> no, I've never received that feedback. Am <laughs> I um, even allowed to ask that question? I'm curious. I don't no, know if we're allowed to ask that question. There's a lot of shit we that talk about at work
2: that, like, in a normal workplace setting would immediately land oh, us in HR. Yeah. Yeah, thank God we we don't have HR. I'm always
0: wildly uncomfortable, but it's often you guys bringing up these stories.
2: (laughs) Well, I will say, I do have like spikes on my teeth right now because I have Invisalign. And it's actually a, okay, I can't believe I'm sharing this.
0: Is there a, do you give a disclaimer? Like well,
2: a- okay, so they're just on the top of like my teeth, like the front of it. So not super relevant for blowjobs, but I do, I it's become kind of a move where like sometimes if I kiss someone, I'm like, oh, heads up, I have like spikes on my teeth. And they're always like, what do you mean? Like, I okay, I can't arm. share the rest of
0: this. <laughs> Why <Okay>. not?
2: <laughs> no, it's just, it's just. I don't think people want to know. I don't think people want this this level of insight into my. Well, now uh, we're just gonna life.
0: imagine. And okay, <laughs> probably it's gonna get weird. There's an
2: Invisalign community out there. That's yeah. Okay, with you, Amanda. So to the other other guys, gals, days with Invisalign, um, you ask them if their hands are clean, and then if they are, I'll like take their finger and like run oh. it gently over my oh. teeth, and it's always it works like a charm. <laughs>
0: to like that's how you get action
2: that's like more
1: alarming than anything you've ever told me I <laughs> it's like just
2: do it a fun stick a finger in the mouth no
0: <laughs> <laughs> fucking horny 20 year olds oh my men horny 20 year old men anything works on them <laughs>
2: 31 year old men, Nick.
1: Me oh.
0: You know what? Men. Teeth. Men, I guess. <laughs>
2: so and hard. women. I flirted with a girl at a party and I was telling my roommate about it later and she went, You mean the one with the face tattoo? And I was like, What? And apparently she was standing looking to the side and on the other side of her face she had a face <laughs> tattoo. Did not see, spent like 10 to 20 minutes flirting with this girl.
0: Ellie, yeah, can you stop filing your teeth? But on it's almost
2: room. perfect. That's
0: I'm true.
1: so close. <laughs> <laughs> Just the thought of that gives me, like, nails on chalkboard vibes. Like, I can feel the tingles in my body. See, I get way more of a wooshie thinking about Amanda putting someone else's finger in her mouth to touch those. I always
2: ask them if their hands are clean first. It doesn't matter.
0: (laughs) No one's hands are clean. Unless you, like, you know, what
1: Take it right from the soap. Right right from the... the, Yeah,
0: (laughs) unless you're going directly from a five-minute hand scrub with soap... To your mouth, they're not clean.
2: Well, it's usually like if we're leaving, a like if we've just left a restaurant, I'll oh. give people hand sanitizer do after they? we leave the door. I always have hand sanitizer in my fanny pack.
0: Wait, so you have hand, so instead of asking them, do you just hand sanitize them or are you just giving the No, old... this is
2: like the context of like I've sanitized their hands earlier, typically. And then if not, I'll ask them if their hands are clean. Wait, well,
1: like why? Why, yeah. do
2: they, why do they need to touch them?
1: <laughs> That's my biggest question.
2: Oh. Ooh you know <laughs> don't knock it until you've tried it <laughs>
0: uh what a team
2: you've got a team <laughs> yeah. Cool. yeah nick you pick all stars <laughs> what a team what a team
0: uh well we'll be lucky to have chrissy for a few more episodes until she goes on her journey Yes, request the wild Well, again, we have a great episode for you. We're talking about the brain today. How does that impact our lives? We need to start, 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 start taking care of our brains a lot more. Clearly. Clearly. (laughs) Yeah, how do you feel? How do you feel about your choices in life, (laughs) everyone in this room after? I'm surprised I even have a brain after listening to it.
2: It was fascinating.
0: uh, It really was. Um, Well, let's get uh, to Dr. Hammond. Dr. Amon, thanks so much for joining us. It's a, a real pleasure to have you.
3: Well, I'm so excited to talk about the brain and relationships. Actually, one of my favorite topics.
0: Oh, really? Well, great. It's uh, ours, too. We, we talk a lot about that on this show. And I came across your, your social. Uh, I found you on TikTok and, and just kind of just spent I don't know how long I was on there, but it was, I learned so much about, um, you know, the information you put about the brain. And I think what was kind of fascinating for me is, and I wonder if you get this a lot, I I feel like we often almost take for granted, um, our brain health or the things that we can do to take care of our brains. You know, we spend all this other time and energy Uh, on other aspects. And we're not necessarily thinking about that. And hopefully today we can try to understand how the brain works a little bit better, how it affects our lives, our relationships, and then things we can do to help help us treat our brains a little bit better.
3: Well, thank you so much. You know, I, I actually think very few people actually care about their brains. And I live in Newport beach where we have more plastic surgeons than almost anywhere besides Beverly Hills. And I often say we care more about our faces, our boobs, our bellies and our butts than we do our brain. And, and how insane is that when your brain creates everything in your life and, uh, When I first looked at my brain, 1991, I was a double board certified psychiatrist. I was the top student in neuroscience in my medical school. And I didn't care at all about my own brain. And then when I saw it and I saw it wasn't healthy because I played football, I didn't sleep much, I had bad habits, um, I was horrified and developed a concept I call brain envy. Freud was wrong. Penis envy is not the cause of anybody's problem. <laughs> yeah. It's brain envy. You have to like start caring about the three pounds between your ears.
0: Yeah, it's um, you know perfectly perfectly said, and you're you're right. We 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 definitely take it for granted. I remember, you know, as as a young man. You, you know, you watch movies and TV shows and you might see characters uh, with mental health problems or people will, you know, losing your mind, so to speak. And I think as a young person, you just kind of like a lot, a lot of young people in a lot of areas, you always think things like will never happen to you. And, you know, as I get older, the more I think about it, the more it's not like I feel like I'm losing my mind, but there are times where I feel like you know, there's a brain fog or whether it's my anxiety or my rumination or overthinking, um, you know, and that's why like when I discovered your page, you're, if whatever reason, there's always seems to be, like you said, this disconnect between, you know, what's going on and my mind and the actual like physical brain and what, and how that might be impacting my thoughts and feelings and my perception of the world.
3: Well, if you marry those two, if you get your brain right, your mind will follow. I wrote a book I love called The End of Mental Illness. I hate the term mental illness. I hated it when I was a medical student 45 years ago um, because it shames people, it's stigmatizing, and it's wrong. They're not mental issues, they're brain health issues. Get your brain right and your mind will follow. I'm in a new docu-series with Justin Bieber. It came out last year, I've been his doctor. Uh, And, you know, like many celebrities I see, sometimes he'd do what I say and most times he wouldn't. (laughs) One day he came into my office and it was so smart. He said, I get it, my brain is an organ like my heart is an organ. If you told me I had heart problems, I'd do everything you said. I'm gonna start doing what you say and he just got dramatically better. And if we can stop with, Oh, these are mental illnesses, take this medicine for this symptom and first work to get your brain healthy. Um, we just be better as a society.
0: Yeah. Um, so what are some of the, just and just basic things that we often are taking for granted that is our, is our, uh, w- that is damaging our brain function. And and what does that mean to damage your brain function? And yeah, let's let's just start there.
3: So, you know, I think brain health is three things. Brain envy, gotta care about it. Avoid anything that hurts it, know the list. And some of the listeners are not gonna like the list. And then do things uh, that help it. And so what hurts the brain? Not exercising. Exercise is great for the brain because your brain is 2% of your body's weight, but it uses 20 to 30% of the calories you consume. We'll talk about food. 20% of the oxygen and 20% of the blood flow. So anything that lowers blood flow, like a sedentary lifestyle is bad for your brain. Alcohol. Is not a health food. Alcohol prematurely ages the brain. Ever since I started imaging the brain 30 years ago, I've been going, alcohol's bad for you. And I had to weather the storm of no, alcohol is a health food. You should have two glasses of red wine a day. And you just have to look at the brain to go: people who drink have brains that look older than they are. And then last year, the American Cancer Society came out against any alcohol. They said, any alcohol is associated with an increased risk of seven different types of cancer. It was my biggest blog last year. I titled it, I told you so. And um, (laughs) marijuana is not good for the brain. I published a study on a thousand marijuana users. Every area of their brain is lower. Now, I'm a huge fan. It should be legal. Please don't put people who use marijuana in jail. That's just a waste of resources. But let's not say, by and large, it's good for us. Because if you use it as a teenager, your chances of being anxious, depressed, and suicidal is a, in your early 20s is dramatically higher. And I'm like, you know, there's a whole bunch of other things to do before... Marijuana for anxiety, diaphragmatic breathing, the right music, uh, learning how to kill the ants, not believe every stupid thing you think. Um, The standard American diet, so sad. The real weapons of mass destruction. uh, ISIS has nothing on our food industry. I I often say, I have this great graphic, of the real weapons of mass destruction are highly processed, pesticide sprayed, high glycemic, which means raises your blood sugar quickly, Mm -hmm. low fiber food like substances stored in plastic containers. So you just have to sort of drive down the street in LA or Orange County where I live, see all the fast food restaurants and realizing we are damaging uh, the health of America by the foods, that are just so freely available. I published another study, three of them actually. It's horrifying. As your weight goes up, the actual physical size and functioning of your brain goes down in every area. Not sleeping seven or eight hours a night is hard for your brain, playing football. I played football in high school and I did the big NFL study was at a time when the NFL was not telling the truth about traumatic brain injury in football. And I love football. I mean, I played it, I was like a crazy Ram and Washington Redskins fan. And, And then I started seeing high school players after I started doing imaging. And I'm like, oh my God, it damages their brain. And then I'd see college players. And then I've now seen over 300 NFL players And it's bad news because your brain is soft about the consistency of soft butter. Your skull is really hard. And, you know, the constant pounding, it not only damages their brains, it damages their lives, damages their relationships. It damages their ability to feel happiness and joy.
0: Well, we're talking about the brain today and how we can uh, improve how our brains operate. And I'll tell you what, meditation is on that list. And Headspace is the app that is making meditation easier than ever before. Whether it's uh, a daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditation or uh, just uh, maybe you want to, you know, meditate those kids, get get them all together and just say, calm the fuck down and start meditating headspace also has three minute SOS meditations for you and for the kids headspace is the only meditation app achieving the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research need to find better sleep well meditation can help with that too headspace helps us wind down and uh, tell you what it's uh, a great way to take care of our brains to reset our brains to not fall into those funks that we often do with the all the other crazy toxic things we're doing in this world so Uh, Get in the right Headspace with Headspace. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. I love it. Uh, It's uh, been uh, an active goal of mine to meditate more, and Headspace is making it super easy for me because the app is so easy, and since I spend too much time on my phone anyways, at least I have something beneficial like Headspace to help get me in the right state of mind. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies, on its benefits, 600,000 star reviews and over 60 million downloads. Headspace makes it easy for you to find life-changing meditation practices with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier and Headspace's meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com V-I-A-L-L. That's headspace.com slash V-I-A-L-L for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditation for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com V-I-A-L-L today. Ritual will know what we're putting in our bodies. That's right. Another important thing to help our brains uh, work more appropriately. Ritual is very uh, conscientious of what they put in their vitamins and their protein powders. They have an amazing protein powder with uh, its plant-based protein, no sugar offered in the three premium formulas for distinct life stages and unique nutrition needs all made with the same high standards approach and commitment to traceability that ritual is known for. So whether you're doing reps or more into dog walks, introducing essential protein to help shake things up, that's right. So whether you want to get your gains at the gym, or you just want to make sure you're getting the appropriate amount of protein in your diet, ritual has you covered. You deserve to know what you're putting in your body. With one of a kind, visible supply chain, you'll Always know what's in Ritual's formulas, where their ingredients come from and why they're included. 20 grams of pea protein plus complete amino acid profile. The best part about it, I like it, is it uh, mixes well and it tastes good. And then I let Ritual do the rest of the work because they uh, I know they care about what they're putting in uh, their products. So why not shake it up with Ritual? Make... Uh, To try to make something new, less scary, Ritual offers a money-back guarantee if you're not 100% in love. Plus, my listeners get 10% off during your first three months. Just visit ritual.com slash to add essential protein today. That's ritual.com slash V-I-A-L-L. So I guess my question of all these things that we can do to potentially damage and the things that we are all doing on some level... Is there hope in the sense that you mentioned? You looked at your brain years back, and it didn't look good, and you want to make changes. Can our brains heal? You know, if we start making changes in our lives, and you know, reduce the alcohol, increase our fitness, change our diets, uh, is the damage done, and we can just stop the bleeding? No pun intended, or or what? Or or maybe we want blood flow. Um, But can our brains heal and improve? (laughs)
3: So the, my favorite thing that I've ever said based on our work is you're not stuck with the brain you have. You can make it better even if you've been bad to it and I can prove it. So take my NFL study, high levels of damage. I mean, it's like, let's just stop lying about the whole issue, own it. I think most people in America now get it that football is a brain damaging sport of my players get better. Um, And that number is probably higher if they're more cooperative. So (laughs) if you work to have your brain better, um, we do a series on Instagram called Scan My Brain. We did Dr. Emily Morse recently who um, does this great podcast, Sex with Emily. And I have her brain 18 months apart and the improvement was breathtaking. I was so happy for her. Because once you see it and you go, oh, it's not what I want it to be, then you can intervene. And if we do the right things, your brain can be better. How exciting is that? Especially if you get the foundational message, your brain's involved in everything you do. And when it works right, you work right. And when it doesn't, you don't. So if you learn to love your brain, and then you just ask yourself this simple question every day, is what I'm doing good for my brain or bad for it? And you choose good because you love yourself, because you love your energy, your mood, your happiness, your mission, your... Wife, your boyfriend. The doing the right thing is never about you should do it. It's about love, um, because your brain controls everything.
0: Yeah. How how much does um, sugar impact our, the health of our brains? Because I feel like that's something we all might have too much of, uh, and the inflammation it causes. I mean, I, I have a sweet tooth, and I'm always constantly trying to reduce it, and you know, I've always thought about, again, like the other aspects of my health, but then, you know, you think about your brain and how, how, how impactful is, uh, you know, your simple sugars to your brain?
3: So the, the, in the weapons of mass destruction, that fits in the high glycemic. So the glycemic index is how quickly does a food turn to sugar? And sugar is high. Uh, the problem with sugar is it's addictive. It's pro inflammatory, which means it increases inflammation. Blood sugar issues are a monster problem in the United States. 50%, 50% of the population is either diabetic or pre diabetic. And what you see, diabetes shrinks the brain. Diabetes actually damages every organ in your body. And Like you, I have a sweet tooth. My grandfather was a candy maker and Mm -hmm. I was (laughs) named after him. And he was my best friend when I was growing up. And so candy, uh, fudge, ice cream was all about love Mm -hmm. and and connection to the most important person in my life. And um, I still have a sweet tooth. But I figured out, so for example, I'm like a huge fan of frozen blueberries. That's my snack every night. I get a few stevia flavored uh, white chocolate chips with a cup of frozen blueberries and I'm just like happy as a clam. Or I, I do a brain healthy hot chocolate every night for my family. And it's basically unsweetened organic vanilla almond milk from Costco, um, cocoa powder, which is a superfood, and there's a company called Sweetleaf that makes chocolate-flavored stevia. I mix those up, put them in the blender. It tastes amazing. It's sweet. It's good for me, and it's it's something I love that loves me back. And I know we're going to talk about relationships, but you're in a relationship with food. And are you in a good relationship with food that serves your brain and your body? Or are you in a bad relationship? Like those cupcakes, um, or gelato, they're bad for you. Um, They damage your brain, but you know, the frozen blueberries or the brain healthy, hot chocolate, they love you back.
0: Yeah, that's a really great way of looking at it. Uh, before we we dive into the kind of correlation between the brain and our relationships, uh, one last thought I had in terms of like our question: you've been studying the brain for years. The internet, social media, has drastically um, changed and and turned into this behemoth of a thing that has changed the world, changed our lives. If there's any one addiction I have, it's to my phone. Uh, Have you looked at scans and studies on the impact of social media and the screen time that we have and its impact on the brain, whether healthy or unhealthy?
3: Yeah, you have to be so careful with it. I mean, obviously there are benefits of it. That's how you and I found each other. Um, it, It can connect people. But the more screen time, the more anxious people are the more depressed they are. I have a new book called Your Brain Is Always Listening. And I talk about the societal dragons and social media is a societal dragon because the more you spend on it, the more you begin to compare yourself to others in a negative way. Uh, The more it decreases the time for sort of the real relationships you have. Plus, if people have watched The Social Dilemma on Netflix, Mm -hmm. it'll just flat out horrify you. Yeah. Because you realize these companies are making money, developing algorithms that piss us off, that scare us. And um, the constant feed of negativity is harmful to the brain because what we're doing is taking very rare events and making them seem very common. Whether it's a fire, a flood, an earthquake, a mass shooting, a robbery, and it's lighting up. I call it global amygdala hijacking. So the amygdala is the part of your brain that responds to fear and social media is you know, lighting that up, giving you a little hit mm. of uh, fear, because that's what keeps you coming back. The brain pays attention to fear way before, uh, or threat way before it pays attention to happiness.
0: And is that like um, an evolution thing, which is like our brain does that because you know, back in the day, it was more, you know, our survival mechanism to, is that why we're paying attention to fear? Or are we just made to, you know, torture ourselves?
3: Like, why is that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, yeah, I think it's an evolutionary thing where there was a time that we really needed to wake up afraid because something was going to have us for lunch uh, or breakfast. And even though that's not true today, our brains are still wired that way. And social media takes advantage of it for money. And I just don't want anybody making money off of my early death. That that just makes me unhappy.
0: Yeah, totally. So dive, diving into relationships, obviously we talk all, about all the things in the world, diet, exercise, alcohol, marijuana, all, you know, social media that can hurt our brains and, I'm assuming if our brains aren't healthy, that is going to affect our any type of relationship that we have in a negative way. I guess I, I was also curious, though. You know, how do how are our brains affected by just kind of toxic situations? You know, like whether it's a bad relationship at work or just um, we talk a lot, you know, we have a lot of people call in and they're they're in these relationships. And yet, you know, maybe it's uh, the romanticization of relationships and movies to fight for something and stay in it. And yet it's just causing them a lot of pain and sadness. And yet they still want to fight that relationship is that having a negative effect in our, our brains in terms of staying in kind of these, these toxic spaces and environments that, you know, almost like a chicken before the egg thing, you know, um, how how does that impact our brains?
3: Well, chronic stress shrinks the memory and learning centers of your brain and mood centers. So if you're under chronic stress in a bad relationship, um, It totally is bad for your brain and for your mind. And the brain does what it's used to, not what's good for it. So, for example, if you grew up in a family where your parents had a chronically conflicted relationship, that's what you're used to. Hmm. You're much more likely to pick that rather than pick someone who may be a better fit for you. And that's what I often think of, is who's the right fit for your brain? And one of the things I discovered, so at Amen Clinics, I have nine soon to be sent 10 clinics around the country, we do brain imaging work to help us understand and treat our patients. And one of the big lessons we learned is everybody's brain's sort of different. They're balanced brains, spontaneous brains. They tend to have sleepy frontal lobes. They're persistent brains that have to have things a certain way. They're sensitive brains, deeply empathic, but tend to be sad. There's anxious brains. Um, And so knowing your brain, because your brain type is going to interact with someone else's brain type, And does it work or do they clash? So too often, you know, in the marital couples I've seen, I have a spontaneous ADD-like person who's married to a persistent OCD-like person and that causes chronic conflict. But most marital therapists never look at the brain and mm-hmm. so they don't understand there's some wiring that's causing problems here, or, you know, some function that's causing problems. I first started doing imaging in the spring of 1991. And it was a time I was seeing this couple who I was just failing miserably with. Like, we're at nine months, and I know I'm not going to help them. And I'm in the shower one morning getting ready to come to work and I realize they're on my schedule and I hate being ineffective. I hate it. And I realize they're on my schedule. My stomach starts to hurt. And I'm like, okay, today I'm gonna tell them to get divorced. (laughs) But I grew up Roman Catholic, like my mother was not kidding. And the Catholic voice, anybody listening to me grew up Catholic. will understand this, start screaming at me because you're not a good enough therapist. They're gonna get divorced and damn their eternal souls to hell. And um, I know the Catholic Church is much more flexible than that, but that was the voice. And I got out of the shower and called my friend who owned the imaging center. And I said, would you give me two scans for the price of one? I have a couple and I have no idea what to do with them. And um, Jack, the guy that owned the center, said, you know, I've been married twice. I can't figure this out. Maybe we should do a business called brainmatch.com. And so we scanned them. Her frontal lobes were on fire. They worked way too hard. His were really sleepy. And when I balanced their brain, they liked each other. And now they're still married 30 years later. And I'm like, oh, the brain matters your type of brain matters to how well you do in relationships
0: yeah so in, in that that couple so it was it was it was it about understanding how their brains were currently working and then like you said you know you're not stuck with the brain that you have so to speak it wasn't like oh your brains don't line up get divorced it was here's the conflict and then how do we address and and have them work better in unison? Is that how you approached it? Right, no,
3: they're still together. Yeah. So he had sleepy frontal lobes. Front part of your brain is the most evolved part of your brain. It's involved in focus, forethought, judgment, impulse control. Um, I strengthened it. So, you know, either with a medicine or a supplement to activate frontal lobe function. And her brain was working too hard, so I gave her something to calm it down. So in balancing their brains, they could actualize their goals, right? I have all of my couples go, okay, what's the goal? What kind of relationship do you want? And it basically boils down to the goal I have with my wife, kind, caring, loving, supportive, passionate relationship, always want that. Don't always feel like that. I get these rude thoughts that come into my head, but if I can kick in my frontal lobes, I'm like, is this helpful? Will it get you what you want in the relationship? And when your brain is healthy, people are kinder. They have more empathy. They communicate better. Um, You know, I often say no forethought equals no foreplay, right? You can't hurt someone's feelings and expect them to wanna be intimate with you.
0: Yeah, uh, totally. Uh, my, I'm, my brain um, is just kind of uh, thinking of all the things that you're, you're saying right now. How much of a difference are there in, in the, the types of brains or how they work between men and women? Are they pretty much the same with some minor differences or how do they work and have you found, if so, if there is a difference, understanding that difference helps uh, your, your heterosexual relationships uh, understand each other a little bit better?
3: So I did this, one of the scan My Brain videos with Daniel Sherman, uh, an actor who I just love and Leggy Landon, and we were talking about differences between male and female brains. And we put a little clip of that on TikTok that got 8 million views. Um, We're not even the same species when it comes to brain function. Women's brains are dramatically more active in their frontal lobes and in their emotional brain. Overall, women's brains are healthier which is why they go to jail 14 times less than males. Women make great leaders. Uh, They're better at multitasking, Um, but they're also more vulnerable to things like anxiety and depression. And uh, guys, their visual cortex is better and our ability to shoot things. So we have better sort of central vision where women have better peripheral vision. So if I'm checking out a cute girl, I have to turn my head so I get caught. If my wife's checking out a cute guy, she doesn't have to turn her head so she doesn't get caught. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's so interesting and, and so different. And estrogen helps the language centers of the brain, develop, but also the empathy parts of the brain and their olfactory uh, or your sense of smell uh, develop. Testosterone, you know, more of the coordination centers. uh, And, you know, yes, I mean, there's all sorts of variations. Uh, You know, there's some women that have sleepy brains and some men that have busy brains, but I published a study on 46,000 scans, looking at the difference between male and female brains, and it's just like we're not even the same species. And God punished me because I have five sisters and five daughters, so I'm like, I know more about this than I want to.
0: <laughs> That's wild. Uh, while you're talking, we're you know, I was thinking about anxiety. I, I suffer from anxiety like a lot of people do, um, and then obviously that can affect our relationships. Do you, would you say anxiety, you know, is caused by the things we do to our brain more than like, is anyone just generally a more anxious person just because of how their brain was made or is it what we're doing to our brains that's causing the anxiety more often? Does that make sense? You, you
3: know, there's a couple of reasons why, um, and your brain is always listening. In my new book, I talk about the dragons from the past that breathe fire on our emotional brains. And there's the anxious dragon, but there's also the ancestral dragon, which is sometimes the anxiety we have is not ours. Sometimes it's our moms or our dads or our grandparents. Genetic stories get written in our genetic code and they play out in future generations. finding a way to manage your anxiety and sort of take care of it will actually be good for your children. Um, Sometimes, uh, you know, I had an older brother that beat me up like every day for seven years, and that'll make you anxious, you know, always watching for something bad to happen. So childhood trauma um, can sort of get stuck in the brain. You know, it's one of the problems with the brain. It has memory. Uh, it's a really good thing, but it could also be a really bad thing. The trauma can get stuck. And sometimes it could come from an undisciplined mind. And, you know, we have this great new movement on mental health, and I love it. But we should be starting to teach preschoolers about good mental health habits, like physical health, and I can see you're in really great physical shape, mental health requires a daily practice. So for example, I start every day with, today is going to be a great day. Why? Because my mind will find out why and focus on that rather than why it's going to be a bad day. Everyone should learn diaphragmatic breathing. Uh, If you struggle with anxiety, um, there's a great app I like called Awesome Breathing. It's a breathing pacer. And if you program it to breathe in four seconds and out for eight, and just did that a couple of times a day, will help you so much begin to reset your nervous system to be at a calmer state. And then one of the things I love doing with my patients is teaching them not to believe every stupid thing they think. Um, Thoughts come from all sorts of places. They come from our ancestors. They come from the voices of our parents. They come from teachers, coaches, the news that we listen to, the music we hear. And there's nowhere in school where they taught you not to believe every stupid thing you think. So I have my patients become masterful anteaters. I have an anteater here. And um, whenever you feel sad or mad or nervous or anxious or out of control, write down what you're thinking and then ask yourself, is it true? Can I absolutely know if this is true? And learning how to direct your thoughts to help you rather than the undisciplined mind has thoughts that attack you. Um, learning how to win that battle, if you will, is, is incredibly helpful.
0: Yeah. And I, I imagine that you can apply that in in your relationships too. you know, one thing my therapist talks about, you know, writing things down a lot. And if, 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 if I'm in a conflict with my girlfriend, um, kind of like you said, you know, changing the narrative or stepping away for a second. Does this really matter if I feel like, you know, uh, she's doing something to me or not communicating in a way to, you know, look at the other, the other side, you know, if she's, you know, like when people, I feel like in relationships, we often like to say to each other, well, you always do this. You, you, or you never do that for me and things like that and, and, and is it what you're saying kind of like in those moments to take a step back and maybe think of the times they might have done that or, or to try to give them the, the benefit of the doubt. Is that what you're saying and, and, and how we can apply that into like in our everyday lives and relationships?
3: Well, I'll give you an example. Um, you know, I'm married to my best friend. We just had our anniversary on Monday and still so i have bad thoughts like you never listened to me. So one of those you statements. But I'm smart enough rather than to blame her because blaming other people for how you're feeling is the number one hallmark of self-defeating behavior. As soon as you blame someone else, you become a victim and you can't change anything. And so I just write it down. Tana never listens to me. And then five simple questions. Is it true? And I'm like, no. I've written 16 national public television specials about the brain. She's listened to all of the scripts, so (laughs) no. Set question number two, is it absolutely true with 100% certainty? No. Three, how do I feel when I have the thought? I feel sad and I feel mad and I feel disconnected and isolated and lonely. It's our negative thoughts that are often not true that drive bad feelings for who would I be without the thought so much happier, so much more connected. And that was four and five is take the original thought. You never listened to me and turn it to the opposite. You always listen to me. Well, that's not true, but when we turn it around, we turn it around three ways to the opposite to ourself and to the other person. Um, And it turned around for me as I never listened to her. And I'm like, oh, because I'm busy. But if you play with the thoughts, they don't have to torture you. Learning to direct them to help you. And I have a mnemonic for relationships I like, and it's relating, and the R is responsibility. And people often say, well, relationships should be 50-50. And I'm like, that's a prescription for disaster. Relationships need to be 100 What's my behavior today? Is my behavior getting me what I want in this relationship? And when you have good frontal lobes, when you have a healthy brain and you get this concept of responsibility, response ability, so break that word into two, response, Ability. what's my ability to respond based on my goals? I almost always act in a way that's helpful, which is important because that wasn't modeled for me when I was growing up. You know, I grew up in a Lebanese family and my dad thought he was, you know, the emperor and was often rude to my mom. And if I just did what was modeled for me, I'd be divorced
0: is our is our brain or ability to have a healthier brain help with being less reactive. I feel like the world is you know covid, social media, you know words like being triggered, you're seeing more and more I feel triggered whether it's from a TV show and then and then it seems like if we feel triggered, we feel a justification to react, you know a little bit more you know, aggressively or harshly, and a lot of the things you just spoke on kind of uh, talk about how maybe we can not react so quickly and then be more reflective to control our thoughts and then therefore respond better to our, our, our feelings. Is that something that we can continue to try to work on and, and how much does our brain impact that?
3: Well, think of it, Nick, like hardware and software. When you get the hardware right, it's so much easier to run the software. If your brain's not right, even if you have good training, it's harder. But once your brain is healthy, you still have to program it, right? So I, I always think of people in four big circles. What's the biology or the brain health issues? What's the psychology or your mind? What's the social circle? How are my relationships? And the spiritual circle is ultimately... Why do I care? What's my sense of meaning and purpose? The foundation, brain health. But then we still have to run the programs and blaming other people for how your life is turning out, that's a bad program. Now, it may have been modeled for you. It's certainly what you see on news programs, right? Especially if you watch CNN or Fox, somebody's always blaming somebody else for the problems that we're in, you know, that's just such bad mental health. But then if you watch these television shows, um, so many of them, the the writers haven't been in therapy because people are always interrupting, they're not letting people finish thoughts, the communication patterns are just god-awful. Um, you know, we need to do a better job of modeling uh healthy relationships but you know i guess what's the formula in hollywood it's like you know third of the way through there has to be some terrible crisis yeah and that usually comes through bad behavior
0: yeah i, I totally i totally agree the more, the more the more the more i watch you know everything that's out there is 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 the opposite of what we're you know having a more of a sense or realization of what makes a healthy relationship whether it's the notebook or sex in the city or the bachelor you know maybe fun to watch maybe entertaining but we definitely need to stop romanticizing them and look up to these shows as the blueprint of of how we should look for love or how we should act in in love so to speak it's it's kind of fascinating in a crazy sad way
3: Right, and when you were on The Bachelor, you probably saw how the producers would set up conflict. and Because that's what sells. Um, We we just have to be very careful to um, look for better models of relationships. And who talks about brain health as the foundational piece? When your brain is right. And I love this. So, when my guys, you know, my male patients really understand this, as their brains get better, their sex lives get better. Because one, they're more empathic. That's the E in relating. And two, blood flow is better. Because if you have blood flow problems anywhere, they're everywhere. And I used to say whatever's good for your heart is good for your brain. And then I wrote a book uh, called The Brain in Love, and I extended the analogy. And I went, whenever good for your heart, it's good for your brain, it's good for your genitals, because it's all about blood flow. So, you know, your performance is better if you're taking care of your brain.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, um, there's always seems to be a misconception You know, especially with a lot of young people. You know, guys are generally you know always horned up and ready to go. And then if they, if they don't climax, the you know there's always like the misunderstanding. Well, is it me? A lot of a lot of women will say, and I'm and I'm always trying to, you know, communicate with my audience too. It's you know, and as that even for me, as you get older the more active my brain is, the more I'm ruminating, the more I'm in my head, the greater chance that I won't be performing well in in, in the bedroom or or I'll have a hard time even getting started because just that brain activity and whether it's toxic thoughts um, or just not being able to be present is is super impactful on myself, um, especially in the bedroom.
3: It's so true. It's really true for everyone and there's, you know, again, these four circles in the bedroom, there's a biology. And as people get older and, you know, Nick, I have never seen the epidemic of low testosterone in young men. It's horrifying to me. And I think part of it is all the products they put on their body just came out this year. They had to pull um, Johnson and Johnson sunscreen because they realized it caused cancer. But if you just look at the ingredients of the powders and potions and lotions that we're putting on you know, young boys' bodies to keep them safe from the sun, we're damaging their testosterone levels. Um, so that's gonna impact libido and function. And then we have all these people with undisciplined minds, which leads conflict in relationships, uh, and so getting right relationally is physically and psychologically, um, spiritually, even, which is, you know, why are we here? What's your deepest sense of meaning and purpose? All, all of that matters every day.
0: Yeah. How- the, the brain or how our brains differ and how they're designed, you know, there's all these like personality tests or love languages and things like that. A lot of people in, uh, in relationships like to look at uh, to figure out their compatibility. Is there any science behind or from a brain standpoint? our uh, You know, I mean, there is, but like from a personality standpoint, you talked about the brains matching up, but how does that play a role in the different types of personalities, whether you're I mean, introverted or extroverted or... Uh, um, you know, and, and things like that.
3: So there is a science uh, with introversion, um, a busier brain, extroversion. I need to be around other people to be happier. Brain tends to be a bit sleepier. And people can actually, we have a test online that's free called Brain Health Assessment. And they can tell which of the 16 brain types uh that we think you would have, you know, if we scanned you, not everybody can get a scan. So I created this assessment to help people know about their brain type. And people find it so helpful. I have this great story of a woman who had lost her children and she got suicidal and her mother came to be with her, but they were in chronic conflict. And the, the woman had lost her children, substance abuse issue, had type two spontaneous, uh, she often goes with ADD. Her mom was the exact opposite, persistent, and just some simple supplements helped them get along. So she could get her act together to get her kids back. It was really pretty cool.
0: What what supplements are out there that are safe and and helpful to our our brains? Because you know, in a, a world where, God, man, there's supplements everywhere. We don't even know what's going into our supplements. Are they even all good or, or how, how much of that it can be uh, just dietary, like vegetables. You know, I know people mentioned fish oils, are all fish oils created equally? Even, even saying supplements, great. And then it almost seems like just a, a mess trying to find the right uh, things for our needs.
3: Well, so I should make a disclaimer. I own BrainMD. I started it. A- after I started looking at the brain and I went, oh, some of my medicines aren't that great for brain function. And that's, so I've been studying the science of supplements for 30 years. I think everybody should take a great multiple vitamin because there's a lot of people, like 80% have vitamin deficiencies, vitamin C, vitamin E, vitamin A, magnesium, uh, zinc. So, a great multiple vitamin, high dose, high quality fish oil. Fish oils are radically different. The one we make, for example, two capsules is equivalent to like six that you get in a standard big box store. Um, everybody should know their vitamin D level. Um, do you know your level?
0: I don't. I, I, I got a, I, last time I checked, I, I'm pretty sure I was low.
3: So with, with vitamin D, we're in a pandemic. People with low levels of vitamin D die earlier than people have healthy levels. Yeah. Um, and so you should get it checked.
0: What does that and do? What does the vitamin D level and how does that impact?
3: So many things. It actually impacts all of your organs, but people with low levels of vitamin D actually have smaller brains. Vitamin D is involved in immunity. It's involved in blood sugar metabolism. It's involved in um, whether or not you're putting on weight. And so normal is between 30 and 100. I like to keep my patients somewhere between 50 and 100. And, And it almost always requires supplementation to do that. And then I recommend supplements based on someone's type. So for our spontaneous people, I like green tea extract and rhodiola. For our persistent people, I like 5-HTP. For our sensitive people, I love saffron. I'm like a huge saffron fan because there are 24 randomized controlled trials showing that saffron enhances mood as effectively as antidepressants, but it's pro-sexual rather than it sort of steals your sexuality, which many antidepressants do. And I like GABA for people who are anxious. And too often people go to their family doctor and they go, I'm anxious. They end up on Clonopin or Xanax, which you can't stop. I mean, that's why I don't start those things because you can't stop them. And that should never be the first and only thing you do. It should be diaphragmatic breathing, not believing every stupid thing you think, lavender, smelling lavender, saunas, uh, hypnosis, uh meditation, all of those things I actually uh, gaba i uh before you go off to one of those meds that you may be on for forty years
0: yeah i uh I actually tried the breathing I was on your your page last night, and i i, I I will like, I guess, yeah, I guess triggered, like something will happen and I'll, I'll feel like this. It's almost like a, I feel like my body is an empty tank and there's like a water full of anxiety. Just, I can just feel like, just like overtake my body. And then when that happens, I, I just have a hard time letting go sometimes. And so I was feeling it the other, uh, the past couple of days and I, I tried the, the breathing out and the breathing in, and it was, it was quite helpful because I'm, I've been trying to find, you know, methods to help me re like reset because I, if I don't reset, I'll feel that it's almost like the, my body fills up again with this waterfall of anxiety and it only there, there's like a very poorly, you know, it has to, it drains out slowly, so to speak, right? It's just a, a, a dripping faucet that ta- sometimes takes days. And I'm trying to find a way to just flush it all out. And that was, that was quite helpful. I, I tried it and I, I, I plan on doing much more of that because it, it really did work.
3: I, I love that analogy of, you know, sort of the anxiety filling up and then it's just not draining, right? It's why zebras don't get ulcers. And there's actually a book by Robert Sapolsky called Zebras Don't Get Ulcers because when something awful happens, like the lions chasing them, their nervous system knows how to reset itself back to normal. And humans, we don't have that same capacity if you're under chronic stress, and living in LA and you know being in the limelight, being a public figure, sort of chronic stress. And so having a daily practice to just retrain your nervous system so helpful.
0: No, it's it's really great. So thank you for that. How does heartbreak impact our brain?
3: It's a trauma and it's a trauma that can get stuck for some people, yeah. especially if they've had earlier losses and heartbreak. And, I often say, if you have heart pain after a breakup, go see a cardiologist. At least rule out that the stress isn't triggering um, an underlying heart disease. And the reason we have heart pain is under that kind of stress, our ventricles in our heart actually start to beat funny, and that causes pain. So the diaphragmatic breathing can be so helpful to, to reset. Um, but grief is, is hard. And when people lose an important relationship, even if it's sort of their fault, they can get pretty crazy for about six months. Yeah. And, and then they do things to hurt their brain, which only perpetuates the craziness.
0: Yeah. Like I, yeah. I mean, there's usually an uptick in, uh, alcohol consumption or drug use or things like that or uh, just other other toxic activities. Do you have you done any studies on? We talk a lot about you know, or we get a lot of questions about porn, uh, whether that's positive in a relationship for a couple to watch together. Is it negative? We've had you know people be addicted to it who will call in. Have you done any studies about that or its ramifications, especially as it relates to the sex life? Uh, or you know, I'm seeing you're seeing a lot of single young men learning about sex through porn and before they ever even have sexual partners, they've consumed hours and hours of you know, pretty aggressive porn. What, what is that, uh, how does that affect our brains?
3: There's some evidence actually shrink the judgment centers of your brain, your frontal lobes. I think the biggest worry for me is eight and nine-year-olds are being exposed to porn at an alarming rate. So before their brains are anywhere near the ability to understand what they're watching, they're getting addicted to it. This, this is probably in the top five of the worst things about social media in the new digital age. It is gonna have a negative impact on people's relationships because it's being formed in no way by their imagination um or with mentors who love them and care about them it's going to be formed by whatever random video pops up on their phone and and i think parents have to be super careful
0: yeah how do how does our brain or our different the health of our brain impact our ability to weigh options and and choices. I I bring that up because like social media, for example, not social media, but like dating apps with social media are more and more abundant in relationships. People are meeting on uh, dating apps. Overall, I think it's a very net positive thing to to meet people, but there's an abundance of choice with, with dating apps. And now we're having people, you know, you're matching with 15, 20 people. It's paralysis of choice. How? Are there ways we can do to help our brains control or and limit our options? Because it seems like while it's it can be great dating apps, it's having a kind of a counter negative effect by giving us so many options to choose from and therefore uh it, it seems that like people get easily discouraged, uh, and stressed out and anxious when it comes to using dating apps.
3: Well, it actually can make them depressed. Mm. I did a whole show with Dr. Oz on dating apps in the brain where we would scan people um, while they were um, you know, swiping left or swiping right. And the people who got rejected, you could actually see the sort of depression centers in their brain oh, activate. Yeah. And all those little hits of dopamine wear out your pleasure centers. So even when someone chooses you, that's like, oh, that's so awesome. Um, the more that happens, you need more and more to begin to feel anything at all. And like you said, I'm sort of a fan. It's how people are connecting, but you have to be disciplined and careful. Otherwise it will steal um your current relationships. Yeah.
0: It's yeah. I mean, when you're just talking about, I'm thinking about that, even, even this, the swiping right and getting no response, you know what I'm saying? Like with using a dating app, there's all these various stages of validation or disappointment that can happen between going on the app and actually just meeting someone in person. And it's, it's amazing and almost crazy or scary to think of how we're putting ourselves in these very vulnerable situations just by turning on an app, thinking, oh, you know, whatever, I'm just gonna go start swiping. And like you said, it can be, um, it can affect us a lot.
3: (laughs) It can hook your brain. And clearly, I mean, because one of the most important things we ever do is connect with other people. And if we feel rejected, there's negative chemicals that go with that. I mean, that'll trigger stress hormones, and even being accepted too much and not knowing what to do can be stressful.
0: That that's um, a lot to think about. Uh, I know you have to get going, uh, Doctor Amen. I, I can't thank you enough for uh, you know sharing with us it's such fascinating things. And again, what I love so much about it is like you, we opened up with. I think we definitely take our, our brain health for granted. Just before we let me go, is there any kind of final thoughts that you have, uh, just kind of reminders for people, if there's any takeaways they have uh, from you with when it comes to like taking care of their brain uh, and how it affects their relationships, what would those be?
3: With a better brain always comes a better relationship. And so putting brain health in the center of the relationship, you guys, look, you just will get along better. And then I always want people to activate their frontal lobe. So this most human, thoughtful part of you in a relationship, know what you want, define it together, and then ask yourself this little question every day, does it fit? You know, I'm thinking I'm 67, but I'm thinking of tattoos now. I don't have any yet, but that'll be one of the first ones I get. Does it fit? if I want a kind, caring, loving, supportive, passionate relationship with my wife, does my behavior fit? So not blaming her for how things have turned out, always looking to me, what is it I can do better, because that's my power place, and then go, does it fit? And with a healthy brain, you just act in a way that get much more likely to get you what you want.
0: Yeah. I, I love all that. I love the talking about, you know, controlling what you control, your power play. That's, that's absolutely great stuff. We talk about that a lot. Uh, Ken, thank you enough. Uh, can you just let the, my audience know where they can consume more of the information you have out there, uh, your social media, your website, uh, the books you have out there. Um, I, I think everyone would benefit from, uh, consuming more of the things that you're putting out there. So please let them know. Uh,
3: thank you so much. They can find me at on TikTok. at, Doc Amon, D-O-C-A-M-E-N. On Instagram or Facebook, they can also go to amonclinics.com. So Amon, like the last word in a prayer. Clinics.com or our supplement company, brainmd.com.
0: Awesome. Uh, maybe one of these days I'll have to come and get my brain scanned. I'm a, I'm a little nervous about what I might find out, but you know, maybe it'll be. Oh,
3: but Nick, it's only good news because you have what you have. Sure. And if we could see it, and then work to make it better. Well, how cool is that? No, totally. And you know, people's biggest fear when they come to see me is not that their brain will be troubled, is that their brain will be normal and they feel bad just because they're like a bad person. Like, yeah. And <laughs> it's it's transformative. I, I know looking at my brain transformed the rest of my life because when I fall in love with it and do the right things at sixty-seven, I'm um, Every bit is sharp, probably sharper than I was at 37.
0: Yeah. Almost like having a relationship with your brain. Kind right. Of, yeah. Well, this is fascinating stuff. Uh, there's so much more. I'm sure you have to teach us. And I'd love to talk more, but I know you have to go. But thank you so much. Uh, don't forget to send in your questions at asknickacastme.com cast with a K. Subscribe, five-star review, all that fun stuff. Make sure to follow Dr. Amon for more great content about your brain and how to take care of it. Uh, we will be back on Monday for our Ask Nick episodes. And until then, have a great day.